Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Eat Local New York podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Tringale, and in this week's episode, my guest is Teresa from Carmelita's Mexican Restaurant in Cicero, New York. Well, I've talked about Carmelita's before a lot on our Instagram account. Two years ago, I decided to do a uh, little survey of the tacos in and around Syracuse. I won't say I did it all around Central New York because I didn't, but I did definitely every taco that's in Syracuse and a lot that were just outside of Syracuse. I decided to do it about three weeks before Cinco de Mayo, and I was going to release the results the day before Cinco de Mayo. And I ate maybe 80 to 90 tacos in those like three weeks. I ate a lot of tacos. And I decided to just, this would be my own critique. I would take notes while I was out to eat and um, I would try and get, you know, if they had multiple, I would try and get like one of each maybe, or I I mixed it up to try and get maybe their best or, you know, one of their more well-known, whatever. I ate a lot of tacos. That's the point. And when I did that, I went to Carmelita's in Cicero, New York. Uh, It's in a shopping plaza Really, you wouldn't expect to find a good Mexican restaurant in this part. Well, really, you shouldn't expect to find. You wouldn't expect. Maybe it's not that you shouldn't, but you wouldn't expect to find a good Mexican restaurant uh, in Syracuse, especially in the shopping plaza in Cicero. But lo and behold, it exists. And so when I tried all these tacos, uh, yeah, Teresa Carmelita's had the best taco, in my opinion. There's a number of reasons why she had the best, but um, some of those reasons were homemade tortillas. She makes them every single day. Uh, it was a taco that it was a taco that wasn't covered and drowned in some Southwest chipotle sauce or sour cream, like a lot of the other ones that I had had were. It was just a very delicious taco. It was fresh ingredients. It was made that day. They did. They do a great job at Carmelitas. And so I've known Teresa now for about a year or so and go in there and just phenomenal restaurant. Highly recommend that you go out there and check them out. Anyways, I've been trying to get Teresa on the podcast now for some time and finally we were able to work it out and I'm thrilled that she was able to come down uh, on this Sunday morning and be on the podcast with me. So I know you're going to enjoy our conversation Um, and more importantly, I hope that you go out there and eat some of their delicious food. I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, Gerhard's Restaurant Equipment and Supplies. Listen, if you're in the restaurant industry, I've said it before in the podcast, if you're in the restaurant industry in central New York and you're not buying from a local company, shame on you. I said it. There it is. Gerhard's Restaurant Equipment and Supplies has been in business for 51 years serving the Syracuse. Actually, they serve everywhere in America. I mean, they've done jobs from Portland, Maine to Portland, Oregon, but they really serve this upstate central New York community. Great place. You can literally go there and get anything and everything that you could possibly think of for your restaurant, whether it's small wares and supplies or equipment, or you need a kitchen redesigned or a whole restaurant design, the furniture, the tabletop design, flat, you name it. Gerhars has it. Go check them out at GerhardsEquipment.com, or you can find them at 220 Teal Avenue in Syracuse, New York. And if you're not in the restaurant industry, but you just like to cook at home, or maybe you rarely cook at home, but you need like a foil pan or whatever the case is, anything you need, their showroom is open to the public. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal place for any kitchen supply item you could imagine. 
So go check them out again, GearArsEquipment.com and GearArsSupplies.com. You can also visit them at their, again, showroom that's open to the public at 220 Teal Avenue. I also want to give a big shout out to ourselves. That's right. You heard it. I said I'm going to shout out myself. The Eat Local New York card is coming out. Get excited for this. You can find out more information by going to eatlocalnystate.com. That's Eat Local, the letter N, the letter Y. It stands for New York. State.com, eatlocalnystate.com. And see a list of all the participating restaurants that are currently accepting the Eat Local New York card. But the Eat Local New York card is coming out in October. You don't want to sleep on this one. Make sure you pick up your card Lots of restaurants, over 100 restaurants that accept the Eat Local New York card. And what happens is every time you go out to eat for an entire year uh, and spend $25 or more, you show your card to your server or where you pay your bill, wherever that is. And they're going to take $5 off of your bill. You can use it as many times as you want at any of the restaurants you want for an entire year. It's such a great deal. And it's supporting locally owned restaurants right here in New York State. So, Head to eatlocalnystate.com and pick your card up coming out in October. Well, without further ado, here's my conversation with Teresa from Carmelitas. Uh, well, how long has the have, has the restaurant been in business? Your restaurant. We're going on February. It'll be four years. Okay. So we've been there wow. for a while. Yeah. Growing. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and then your parents owned a restaurant way back in the day, correct? Way back in the day, 1976, also called Carmelitas. Mm-hmm. When I was a little girl, they had that. And they kept that location for about 10 years and moved on to another location on Spencer Street. And then Juanita's came in and mm. had a business at that time. So there's a lot of people thinking that I'm affiliated with Juanita's. Yeah, yeah there was a lot of people. I remember Juanita's. Um, it, there's no, it wasn't a family member or anything like that, right? No, no. Yeah, it was no. just a different. A different, different people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't like Juanita's. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember when I, I mean, this was... 10 years ago, uh, yeah, maybe eight years ago, they were over in Liverpool behind Hyde's, and I think that was their second location. Right. And friends would, like, rave about, and this is way before Eat Local, because people would rave about, Juanita's is so good, you should go check them out. And I just remember we walked in there, and I don't mind saying this because they've been gone for a while, Mm -hmm. but, like, the floors were, like, in the dining room were, like, slippery because they were greasy. And, uh, you know, like... In my opinion, if a Mexican restaurant has a uh, jalapeno popper on the menu, it's probably not a good sign. Right, right. <laughs> little Tex-Mex there. Yeah. Well, yeah, correct. A little different, yeah. you know. Right, for sure. So, yeah, I was not a, not a huge fan of them. Uh, and I never, you know, well, you said your parents had the restaurant for 10 years? For about 10, 12 years. Okay. And then um, they retired, and then we all grew up, had our families. And I said, I'm going to have the restaurant again. I'm going to do it again. That was my dream to open up Carmelita's. And I said to my mom, I really want to open up this business, but one, two, three, four children. Hmm. I didn't want them to have that kind of experience because we had that experience, which I loved, but I wanted to have more of a home experience for my children. So I waited a little bit and I waited until I'm my age, and I opened up the business. I just did it. Hmm. 
I just did it. And there's a lot of Carmelita's customers, you know, that come in frequently. And we have a whole array of new customers. And I think because it's fresh, it's different. Mm -hmm. I never compare myself to any of the restaurants because I think that we're all trying to make a living. Mm -hmm. And each restaurant has their uniqueness. Yeah. And I have mine. And I try to do as fresh and local as possible. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to, and also I have celiac, so it's become a huge deal because most of my product, everything is gluten-free except Mm -hmm. for the flour tortillas. So now about Carmelita's this way, it's changing to about Teresa having Mm -hmm. celiac, Mm -hmm. having gluten-free food there now. Yeah. Yeah, that is a big deal. I was just, uh, you know, I work at Gearhars. Mm Mm-hmm. And part of the thing we're doing there is do like we're inviting uh, restaurant owners and chefs in to make like cooking videos with sure. us. We have this gorgeous test kitchen there. I'm sure. And um, so we started doing those and we're trying to kind of coordinate them with like the national food days of each month, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. there's like a million of right, them each right, and every right, single right. month. Mm-hmm. And I forget, I think sub- there's a day in September, it's national like gluten free day, mm-hmm. something like that. And I was trying to think through my, I was like, all right, well, let's say we bring a chef in to do something like that and do some gluten-free dish. Who do I know of in Syracuse? Besides people who do desserts. Right. Who do I know of in the area that does anything that's like a gluten-free, like a legitimate gluten-free menu? Mm -hmm. uh, Or even just has more than one or two offerings that they make from scratch. And I couldn't think of anybody but you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I couldn't think of one single restaurant besides you that does anything significant like that in our area. And I do believe, because I'm going there at four o'clock today, um, (laughs) anything but beer. Yeah, that's right. And I've not been there and I'm going to check it out. And we're going to have tasting there. So I'm a little excited about it. So that's the other one that's that's gluten-free that I'm aware of. Yeah. But yeah, there's not a lot. I mean, anything but beer. That's right. I forgot about them. But there's not a like, right? You know, people add a gluten free stuff to the menu to kind of be that way, right? But especially like th- two years ago, everything like you could just say it was gluten free. Now you have to like distinguish exactly if it's gluten friendly or if it really is gluten free. No, and every time I go out, I end up sick, so it's not worth it for me. Mm-hmm. So I may go out, have a salad, plain salad, that's it. And that's not fun for me, but that's the way of life. Yeah. So people coming into my restaurant do not get sick. Yeah, They know I'm careful about all my spices, the tortillas that I make. Anything that I buy in there is all gluten-free, so there's no worries. Yeah, People come in there and feel safe. And you have two sets of equipment set up. I mean, you have like... A separate uh, grills. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just two separate grills for the, and then we use special solution to clean it off. We change mm-hmm. our gloves. We're very particular, and my staff is informed. They inf- they're informed. Yeah. So they have to know what to say, mm-hmm. what the needs of the customer is. It's very important. Yeah. So in order to stay in business, you want to do what the customer wants, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way it is. So we try our very best to do that. Do you have a lot of customers that come in, <clears throat> like repeat customers for the gluten-free stuff? We do. Yeah. Huge. Yes. Um, and are they like, are they consistent in coming in? Yes. Yeah. Like I have people that come in two, three times a week. Mm-hmm. I have one little customer, little boy rider. He's our favorite. <laughs> and uh, their family comes in. Not only them, just 
it's a big business for us. Yeah, for sure. So, but we do the right thing. I have celiac, so that I think makes the difference. Yeah, it really does. Um, I was asking because, like, uh, Dolce Vita does a lot of keto, mm-hmm. and we'll get a lot of customers that come in for that. But with keto, we found that like they come in a lot in the beginning, and then they just stop. Sure, you know, and obviously keto and celiac are two very different yes. things. But yeah, that's pretty interesting. It's, it's it is interesting, and it's growing that way. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's. It's all about that. So I'm coming up with some new recipes and yeah. ideas for them. But the thing that's changing for us, too, there's more vegan people. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start putting out specials again, like I did before. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So we'll start doing that again. Yeah. But during this pandemic, we've cut our hours and, you yeah. know, we're trying to do what we can. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, well, I mean, let's talk about that for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, what was it like? I mean, obviously, I'm sure it was hell, but. Uh, what was that like? When it was actually started? scary for me because I had, you know, I had a couple of people working for me that I care deeply about. Yeah. And um, one of my cooks had said to me that, you know, Teresa, save your business. Mm-hmm. This is really important. And then I can come on later on. Yeah. And he, I said, are you sure? You know, don't worry about me. He was very, he says, I really want you to grow your business. Yeah. Do what you have to do to save it, right. actually. So I had to let him go and, you know, we parted wonderfully Yeah. and I felt sad with that, that cause he's, he was just like dynamic for the business aspect and, um, but you have to do what you have to do. And since then he's found a wonderful job Yeah. and so he's doing really well. Um, I had to let a couple of people go and so it was me for 12 weeks hmm. in another server and we were cranking it and doing the best that we could and we finally got to the point where I couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So I had my son Austin come in and help. He could not find an internship. Hmm. So sadly, as it was, he had to learn the business again and so he's <laughs> like, wow mom, I think I have appreciation for you now, right? Because yeah. he doesn't see his mother just saying hello to people, fixing food, making food. He's there. Mm-hmm early in the morning cooking and cutting and cleaning. Yeah. So for him, that was a good experience, but it's been very difficult throughout this whole thing. Um, a, di- a different experience, but we've been busy. Yeah. We've been busy. That's good. Thank God. Right. And um, so people want us to stay there. Yeah. They bought gift cards from us. They, you know, different businesses had for their mm. employees. That's awesome. So I thought, that's how we got by. Yeah. And so I don't think we're going anywhere right now. <laughs> I hope things get better yeah. for everybody because it's, it's tough. Yeah. It's, I mean, without a doubt, it's tough. I had, <clears throat> you know, during quarantine, <clears throat> I was uh, cooking a lot mm-hmm. and um, doing like, we had like a sourdough going and doing a that. lot of pizza <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. And I have, we have this one family friend who lives in, Uh, Oklahoma. Mm. And she would always comment and say, uh, your food looks so amazing. You should open a restaurant. But she kept saying it over and over and over again. Like every time I would post that's her comment. It's tough. And and I would never, a couple of times I deleted it because I think that's like to tell somebody they should open a restaurant is, it's not an insult, but it's, (laughs) I, I was like, one day I was like sitting there thinking as I was getting ready to go to work, I was like, man, what do I want to say? Like, what should I respond to her? And my thought was, and I never did it, uh, but I never t- wrote the response. But my thought was, I want to wish on my worst enemy to open a re- to own a restaurant and own it. It is such a hard, difficult it is way of life. Absolutely. And because I grew up in it, 
I know it. It's not something you... I have a passion. Mm -hmm. So my passion, I made... My dream came true. Mm -hmm. And because I have that passion, that's why it's working. If you don't... And it's a lot of work. I mean, I was there late last night. Mm -hmm. I'm cleaning and I'm making sure that that restaurant sparkles. (laughs) So it's it's a lot of work. It's... um and it really does take over your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you have a restaurant that has really like very limited hours, which a lot do right now. But right, right. Unless you're small and you, you know, it is going to t- take over everything. Sure. Like when I was in, I worked in retail sales, that was just kind of like the thing. Listen, don't ask me to do anything on weekends because I'll be working these holidays, except for like Christmas and Thanksgiving and sure. Easter. I will be working. Right. Um, and, you know, that was just kind of. What you did, you had a very different lifestyle. It's the same thing in, a re- in the restaurant industry. Completely, completely. And right now I'm off, we're closed Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So that's given me an extra day mm-hmm. um, to recoup and think about what I want to do with the business. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually, I've applied for my liquor license. Oh, wow. I don't think you knew about that. So even though it's a hard time, I think it's going to be better for business. Yeah. And people just want those fancy, fancy margaritas. <laughs> they want to drink those margaritas and um, have some drinks available. So that's our next step. But everything really has been, you can't project yeah. a lot at this time. So it's been on a weekly basis what we're going to do. Yeah, for sure. So your parents, how old were you when your parents had the restaurant? Mm, maybe 10, 11. Okay. So we grew up working that restaurant, making those tortillas. <laughs> a lot of work. And then doing our homework later on and serving. Mm-hmm. So it was it was nice. It was a good experience for us. My father wanted to keep his girls together like this. So yeah. they weren't going out and <laughs> misbehaving, of course. <laughs> so you were 10 or 11 when they opened it? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they had it for 10 years? Yeah, about 10 or 12 years. Yeah. Um, Around 81, 82. I can't remember now. Yeah. What was it like uh, when they closed it down? We were excited because we worked so hard. <laughs> we were, I think the kids were very excited. And then going into six months to a year, it was like, oh, what are we doing now? Hmm. Where's all the people? Yeah. Where's all the fun? Where's all the excitement? Hmm. So there was a little bit of a letdown later on. Oh, I'm sure. Because we were so busy. So I understand that dynamic very well. And having this restaurant for my retirement Mm -hmm. because that's what I'm planning Um, it was just very sad and I said I am going to open that restaurant again Hmm. I did I promised myself that I was going to do it at whatever age Hmm. and I did it but I didn't want my kids at a young life Mm -hmm. to be at the restaurant all the time Yeah, I'm not saying it was a great experience for me we traveled we did a lot but we were there. And now my kids are older. They're both in college. Mm-hmm. So it's just going to be me and my husband. <laughs> See, I don't know what I'm going to do with him, though. <laughs> Get him to work at the restaurant. Yeah, it's uh, my parents had a diner in, when we lived in Kentucky for about a year, a little over a year. And I was young. I, I was maybe like 10, 11, 12, somewhere around there. And... Um, uh, my siblings, like my sister was off at college. My two brothers were in high school. I was still homeschooled. And so, mm. I mean, my days were, 
you know, up there for sure. Right. At that time, I didn't really think, you know, it was like, this is amazing. I'm at a restaurant all day long. And we had some arcade games. So I would go steal quarters from the, and go and play uh, the arcade games if I wanted to. But uh, at the time it was great. And looking back on it, I don't have like bad memories of it, but it was definitely, you know, you were there, especially the stress uh, for my parents. That's maybe the one thing I remember the most about it. Besides, like, the fact that our whole family was always there. Mm-hmm. My grandparents were always there. You know, friends of ours from the school or the church were always there. Right. So it did kind of feel like everybody was just hanging out all the time. Right. Um, Social. Socializing, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then when you go back to, there was no restaurant. It's different. Mm-hmm. That's what you miss. Yeah. But I'm still, when I'm back home visiting every, like, maybe once every other year or so, I always drive by to see what it is, and it's been mm-hmm. like eight different things since right, then. Right, None of them a restaurant. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, it's always interesting to drive past that building for yeah, sure. It's your memories. Right. Your childhood. Yeah. It's good. So uh, so what did you do for a career? I mean, you know, the, your parents were out of the restaurant by the time you were, what, 21, 22? Yeah, 21, 22. So I ended up um, working at Blue Cross and Blue Shield. Mm. And I worked there for a couple of years. I then married. Mm-hmm. And I decided that I was going to stay home and raise my two children. Mm-hmm. So I stayed home, raised my two children, and divorced. Yeah. And met my current husband. And we had two more children. Mm-hmm. And stayed home for them as well. And then I worked at a medical office as a medical secretary. Loved it. Yeah. And I interpreted for them as mm-hmm. well. And so it was very nice. And then I just, I worked a couple of um, different jobs. I was HR for Macy's Mm. and um, stayed home with the kids. And then I just kept searching for the right place, searching for the right place. And believe it or not, you know, I actually prayed and said, you know, I'm going to let God lead me the way Mm. to tell me what's good for me. And I did. And I stumbled upon the little place in Cicero. (laughs) Because my kids were like, you're never going to do it. You're never going to do it. Well, I did it. Now they're, they're saying, you're never home. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. So it's that's what I did. And um, the restaurant came back to me just like that. Yeah. Had there been a restaurant in that space before you? There was. Okay. There were a couple, of restu- a couple of businesses there. And nobody's lasted. Hmm. So I guess I've, I'm the one that's lasted the longest. It doesn't really make a heck. I mean, there is tr- there's a lot of traffic on that road. Yes. Um, and that's good. But it is kind of like a dying plaza a little bit. Right. I mean, there's, you know, the Green Planet space has been right. empty forever. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you've got the pizza shop and you have like the bottle return and the good, you know. Yeah. So it's not really the greatest plaza. It doesn't make sense that you should be busy. Right. <laughs> and we are. We're incredible. I can't believe the people that come down from Watertown, mm. Utica, people come from Syracuse, Syracuse University. That We have a lot, a lot of city people, mm. believe it or not, that will take that 20-minute drive. It's 20 minutes. Yeah. If I want to come downtown and I want to eat, I'll drive the 20 minutes. It's mm-hmm. not that big of a deal <laughs> because... and. And you're, you can sit outside, you can mm-hmm. sit inside, it's very warm and loving. It's a little, lovely little place. Yeah. So I think people like the way they're treated when they walk into the restaurant. Um, I have a very good staff, mm-hmm. very, very loving staff. Yeah. And when we go out to eat, you want somebody to be 
wonderful. Right. You're paying that money. So they're there to make you feel very special. And for the most part, I think most people do. Yeah, for sure. They really do. Um, I told Zach, because I had Zach on the podcast oh, a few weeks ago. Yes. And, uh, I, you know, we were talking about brunch and how at oh. Three Lives they might start doing brunch down the road. And, you know, I hate brunch. You I cannot I, I cannot stand brunch oh. except for yours. Really? Uh, yeah. That one time that Rebecca and I came. Oh. Um, it's just like brunch to me is like overpriced breakfast, in yes. my opinion. Yes. Uh, and it's usually like a little disappointing because it's people who don't typically cook breakfast. Mm-hmm are now making breakfast. Ours is different. Right. Yeah, it's very different. And it was great. Mm -hmm. It really was. I loved it. We're going to start, thank you, we're going to start doing brunches in October again. Okay. So I haven't decided if I'm going to do the once a month or Mm -hmm. because of COVID or if I'm going to do it every Sunday, say um, October to um, April. Okay. So I haven't decided that, but we have certainly had a lot of people ask us when you're going to start up brunch again. That's cool. So very different foods. I make those sopes and yeah. different soups. and Yeah. Yeah. You were busy for brunch, right? Very busy. Yeah. So I will have to do it by reservation this time yeah. because of the COVID. Yeah. But sure. hopefully, I don't know when, hopefully some changes can come about and we can open up again. Just don't know when. Yeah. So did you have a lot of takeout happening during COVID? Yes. That's what saved us. Yeah. Unbelievable amount of takeouts. Mm. Is it, has the, has the takeout still maintained or you, is that dropped off and you're just getting people coming in? No, it's dropped off a tad, Mm -hmm. but we're busy with takeout and people sitting in. That's great. And out. So the people that don't want to come in yet are still getting the takeout. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I have a lady that comes down from Watertown every Saturday to get that chocolate cake. It's yep. an hour drive. An hour drive. She comes every Saturday for wow. that. So that's a devoted customer, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and you have a nice little outdoors area mm-hmm. as well, too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that helps. Yes. The one thing I've been hearing from restaurants the most during this, uh, during like the reopening, is that those that have great outdoor seating, or at least a lot of it, are doing better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm hearing from a lot that takeout is completely... Not completely, but a lot of it has died off. You know, yeah. it's really just been delivery or dine-in or the outdoor. Yeah, ours is, it's been positive. Yeah. I have to say, it's been positive. I'm shocked, actually. Yeah. But it goes to show that people still want you there. Right, for sure. They're going to support you. Yeah. So, And we do try to support all the local businesses around, and everybody in our area supports mm-hmm. each other. Like, we're near Toss and Fire. Nick, yeah. he comes in. Yeah. I go to his place. All these other places we we try to support each other yeah as much as possible and then people are closing and it's sad yeah i mean our business has been doing eat local we haven't really the marketing side of things picked up a little bit we picked up a you know it seemed like we had a couple rest we had one client that shut down for like they and they do a huge delivery business Mm -hmm. but when quarantine happened they tried delivery only for like two days and then he was just like nope we're done And he stayed shut down until August. Um, You know, he got PPP loans and that kind of stuff so they could keep going. But uh, he shut down until August. He was not going to rush it. And um, and so, like, we lost that account. But then we had another account at us. And, you know, and that's one thing I've heard a lot from people I know in the marketing world in Syracuse is that they got so busy. 
yeah. during all of this. Mm-hmm. You know, p- businesses were contacting them and like, all right, now's the time. We need to start ramping up our marketing. So, right. right. Um, yeah. And there was a lot of restaurants that did really well. Another client that during takeout, they made more money than they've ever made. Sure. Uh, and the hist- they've been in business for like 25 years. Sure. More money than they've ever made when they were just doing takeout. Right. Right. You know? It's made a difference. There's nothing for anybody to do except eat. Exactly. And, you know, if you're, you're no, you have good food, good restaurant, clean restaurant, very, right. very important. You know, and if you walk into our restaurant, you're not going to find yeah. any dirt. You know that. Yeah. So. Your kitchen, I've said this to a lot of people, but your kitchen is maybe like the top three cleanest I've ever been in, in a restaurant mm-hmm. anywhere in central New York. Mm-hmm. I've been in a lot of kitchens. Right. And there's. Of more than a few of them that I've walked into and then I'll get in the car and text my wife and say, we're never eating there. Again. Oh no. Oh no. It's nasty. Some of them you walk in yeah. some of these nice restaurants and you're like, Ooh, but my bathrooms are clean. I even have men compliments saying, yeah, where's the owner? I want to talk to her. Your bathroom is so clean. I go, you want to walk in my kitchen? You're welcome to at any point. So I, I, I work there. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure it's clean, just like my house. Yeah. Just, you know, everything is clean. Every single night we break mm. everything down and clean it. And I think that's important. That's yeah. like one of the most important things. So, so what was it like? I mean, you've been in business for four years. Mm-hmm. You're a stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, what was it like getting up and running? Like, how did you, um, I mean, walk me just through like that process of you opening the restaurant. Truly. I had been dealing with um, a couple of people at the Women of Wise Mm -hmm. for their advice. Oh, yeah. You know, I sat down monetarily to find out what was needed for me to open up this business. However, I'm listening to their input and recognizing the importance of having a lot of money and being able to open up, you know, to hold on to things. There was something in the back of my head that said, I'm just going to do it. Mm. I'm not going to borrow any money. Mm. I'm just going to do it with my money that I've saved. Hmm. So I made a plan for myself and said, this is what I was going to do. And I'm waiting for the right place. The place in Cicero opened up. Everything just, it's like a God thing. It really is. That's what happened to Hmm. me. Put it in his hands and it happened to me. I had a plan. I knew what I was doing. X, Y, and Z, and I had chairs already. I knew what I needed to buy, and I just did it. Hmm. I just did it. And I decided that that's why I didn't take out any loans. Mm -hmm. I don't owe anybody any money. If I close down today, I close down. I don't owe anybody, and that's rare. Yeah. I pay cash every week because I don't want any loans. Now, if I wanted to grow another business, say I wanted to move downtown, I wanted to move somewhere else, it's a little different story. Yeah. But this gave me the, this location gave me the opportunity to do what I did at the time. Yeah, for sure. With me having more nervousness because I'm like, okay, every day, how many people am I going to have come in? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. I don't have, you know, uh, all this extra hundreds of thousands of dollars to, right. oh, that's okay. No, I do everything with <laughs> T-shirts we'll buy this week. We'll mm-hmm. do this this week. There's a plan. Yeah. And that's why mm-hmm. I think I st- I've been able to sustain myself with this restaurant. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so when in the beginning, because you were opening up with, you know, paying for everything and not going out and getting some, you know, loan, um, well, when you got the space, I know there were restaurants there before. Was the equipment there? Or did you have Some. To- Okay. Some of the equipment was there. So you had to go out and buy like the stuff that you didn't have. Right. 
Does does that mean that like you did you have a limited? I'm sure the menus changed in the four years, but did you have like a limited menu based on what you had available at the, when you opened? Or you know, I'm just trying to think like. Uh, I love the concept of you doing that, of like, mm-hmm. all right, this is what I have available. Right. You know, this is what I can do, and mm-hmm. this is how I'm going to open, and it's going to be like mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. IBU Brewery, who's closing oh, down. Right. Love them. Right. <clears throat> yeah, love those guys. The first brewery that we ever really connected with. Yes, they're great. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's for the better. I mean, obviously, it's sad. Yes. Uh, but, you know, I know that Mike, the owner, mm-hmm. had taken a position yes. back at Lockheed Martin because right. he's, you know, a brilliant engineer. Sure, absolutely. Um, and I'm sure, especially with COVID, it was just difficult to mm-hmm. be able to do both, mm-hmm. uh, to say the least difficult. But they op- they were kind of a similar uh, mindset when, with their business. They opened up very slowly. Mm-hmm. They didn't do what a lot do. No. And open up and try and get 100 wholesale accounts and have a tap room and be canning. You and, can't. Yeah. You can't. You have to do it slow. And that's why I have grown this business slowly. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's growing to, to stay a while. Yeah. I believe that if you get everything all at once, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Little things at a time. So, like, I waited. It's about the food at our restaurant. It's not about the drink. So, I waited. A year later, I got the beer and wine. Mm-hmm. That went very well. People are asking about more margaritas, different margaritas, blah, blah, blah. So I decided, okay, this is the time to get the liquor license, baby steps. You don't have to have everything. If you have a good product, which is my food, yeah, in my eyes, mm-hmm. this will come. Yeah. Right? Right. So that's what I believe. And, you know, I had people say, can we get the, these T-shirts now? Can we get this? Can-? Nope. It's all coming. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's baby steps. And that's what's worked for my business. Yeah. And, um, like I said, if I want to open up a little t- taqueria someplace <laughs> in the city or do something, who knows what the future will hold. Yeah. Right. But baby steps. And that's, mm. that's really, truly. Yeah. What's, what's made us last. That's great. So I know how much I need a week and everybody's been generous with us throughout this COVID. It's been difficult. Of mm. course it has for yeah. everybody. Right. And. That's the only thing I can tell you is that the baby steps have worked for us. And, of course, now I've extended my menus and I cook everything homemade. Mm -hmm. Like the chile relleno, I don't want that on my menu. Why? Because I want it fresh. Yeah. And that chocolate cake Mm -hmm. that I make, I make it with Mexican chocolate. Um, As soon as I post that, it's gone. (laughs) So my people are like, what the heck? There's no more left. So I may have to find that extra person Mm -hmm. to help me. Yeah. So, you know, in a couple of weeks, I may be looking for <clears throat> that cool. right person for our restaurant again. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Is there anything? Um, hmm. Is there anything? Well, I, I mean, I guess you kind of just answered this question. I was going to say, is there anything on your like that you wish you could put on your menu that you just don't? Um, and that could be even just because of like the people aren't, you know, people in Syracuse aren't going to know what it is or get it they do know those there's a, like my pozoles mm-hmm. and i'll make different soups um moles i'll have on certain days but um like i made sopes the other day mm-hmm. by hand and mm-hmm. corn tortillas and this week i did it with beans and chicken and hot sauce and onion and I served four of them, mm-hmm. sold them as appetizers, loved them. People yeah. wanted them to go. So whenever I create a special, mm-hmm. instead of putting it on the menu, yeah, 
I'm doing that instead. Yeah, that's smart. And it seems to work, and then I can handle it because I'm. I like to do my own cooking. Right. I, I'm very fussy about certain <laughs> things, so I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing, but. Yeah. It sounds like, I mean, I don't know if this is the case, but it sounds like the restaurant, as much of it is, as it is like part of you and your mm-hmm. life. I mean, it is. you know, your parents had their restaurant mm-hmm. for 10 years, but for most restaurant owners that I know, it is, um, it is their life. Yeah. Like the restaurant, there's nothing else that exists outside of that. Uh, it doesn't sound like that's the case with you. No, I think it's because I'm experienced. I grew up in it. <laughs> so it's my family's fault, my mom and dad. You have to make time for yourself. Mm-hmm. And my father said, in order to be successful, you have to have at least two days off. Hmm. Our days off were Sunday and Mondays. Mm-hmm. You have to have that time for yourself and family. If you don't have that, you're in trouble. Yeah. So I had Sundays and Mondays off before and worked the rest of the week. And I added an extra day because of COVID Mm -hmm. and it's been wonderful for me. Yeah. But that restaurant I do love, Hmm. you know, and someday I'll retire. Yeah. But it's, it's something that I have a passion for. I brought back my parents almost. Mm -hmm. So it makes me happy. I feel like they're with me every day. Yeah. Then the people will come in and tell me stories about how generous and great my parents were at the restaurant. Hmm. So I'm trying to, it's Carmelita's after my mom, but bring back that whole loving yeah. spirit. And yes, family is extremely important. If you yeah. don't put that for first, you're in trouble. What made, um, what was the reason for your parents wanting to close uh, years ago? Was it just kind of done with the industry? I think they were exhausted. Yeah. They were exhausted. And I could see it. You know, mm. my father worked at Crucible Steel. Mm. He retired, worked at the restaurant. And, you know, back then, it wasn't as organized as today. Yeah. A whole different world. Yeah. But I think, and my mom did so much. Mm. I, my mother did everything. And I could, I see myself doing that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to step back. That's where you have to hire people. Mm-hmm. And you have to say, I need some help. Right? Yeah. You can't do it by yourself. And... Yeah. All right. So what are you eating at home when you're not at the restaurant? Ooh, I love creating new meals at home. Um, so Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I cook. Jerry cooks the other days. Mm-hmm. And um, he doesn't just come to the restaurant and eat. No, he doesn't. We're kind of <laughs> tired of the food. <laughs> I think I've told you this story before, but my uncle Jim... Uh, grew up in Davenport, Iowa, mm-hmm. and his his mother was like from Mexico, Mexican, mm. and her name was uh, I want to say it was Juanita, um, and I've, I'm telling the story based on my memory, and I've been told <laughs> before that I got the story wrong, <clears throat> but I don't think I did. Uh, but his so his mom would come and visit, and uh, when I was a kid, we lived in Middletown, Ohio. Anyways, Juanita was there, Anita. I forget. Anita. I feel so terrible. Juanita, I always Anita. yeah. Anyways, uh, so she was there, uh, made this huge Mexican spread, like mm-hmm. family recipes. Sunday after church, we all go back to Uncle Jim and Aunt Jennifer's house, and she had been there cooking. And so everybody in the family is, you know, getting, you know, getting filling their plates with all this great Mexican food and like fresh tortillas oh, yeah. and all this. Oh stuff. yeah, beautiful. And. Uh, uh, his mother is sitting on in the living room and she's not getting anything to eat. My dad says, you know, what are you doing? Come over here and get something to eat. And she says, uh, she said, Oh, I don't eat that shit. I go to Taco Bell. <laughs> 
Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's yeah. funny. So, I mean, you guys don't eat at the restaurant all No, that. I mean, you know, it's all fresh. It's all really good because I use all good ingredients, of yeah. course. So, like, if I need something, I treat myself to, like, my chips are homemade. So, I treat myself to, like, what do I want? Like, maybe just plain nachos with mm-hmm. beans and jalapeno. I'll take, like, three or four chips, not the whole plate. Yeah. So at home, I will make, um, like, tomorrow I'm going to do beautiful salmon with salad, fresh vegetables from the garden, of course, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and throw that all together. We like to eat fish. Um, I try to make whole foods because celiac, that's the way we eat. Yeah. And uh, like I said, my husband's leaving, I, or my son is leaving. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> so he and I, um, I want to cook some Mediterranean food. I do love Mediterranean food. Yeah. Uh, like hummus, olives. Mm-hmm. So I incorporate a lot of olives in my food. Um, so I eat more whole food. Yeah. Um, do I want junk? Sure, I want junk, but I can't <laughs> eat it because I have celiac, so I stay away from it. Right. I'm healthier for that, I guess. Um, I know this sounds like a dumb question. Oh, no. But it's it's not because there's, <laughs> I think, well... Uh, so have you ever been tempted to put some of those items like Mediterranean dishes or hummus or anything like that on the menu, even as a special at Carmelitas? Yeah, we've done before. We've had, um, like a sweet potato, um, which I'm going to do this week, a sweet potato. I think Zach made it up, Mm. um, with my spices, Mm -hmm. almost like a potato mashed potato on the tostada. Okay. It was fabulous. Yeah. So, yeah, we can do that. But that's still considered, I mean, that would still be, like, Mexican. Oh, we, yeah. not all Mexicans eat. Right. Hot. They don't eat tacos. They don't. Yeah. Eat. There's many <laughs> foods. Like, when we go to Mexico City, my family's from Mexico City. My aunt, she'll cook us pasta. I go, uh. oh, Tia, I don't want pasta. <laughs> you know, that's so, no, it's about, there's a variety right. of foods, of course. And I think that's obviously, it's, you know, it's a... Really important factor to know that um, maybe not a lot of people know this about Italy either, but like uh, I think of Alex uh, Fiacchi from Amano or mm-hmm, Fiacchi mm-hmm. from Amano. Uh, he, you know, him and his uh, girlfriend traveled Italy. I think I think it was just Italy. Uh, but anyways, they traveled all around Italy for like nine months before they had moved back here mm-hmm. and opened up the restaurant. And so and they were all over the country. And so the food in Italy is going to be very different sure. if you're down near the coast, if you're up in the mountains at the you know northern part of the of the country, and uh, obviously it's the same case in Mexico. Right, it's going to be very different cuisine if you're in Mexico City, especially Absolutely. with all the influence from around the world that Mexico City has, versus if you're in any other part of the country. Hundred really. percent, and the coastal lines. Like my uncle would take us to Acapulco. So what would we eat? Fish. Mm-hmm. So we eat a lot of fish right. and make it a lot of different ways. Yeah. You know, I, I try not to make fried food at mm-hmm. the restaurant. I do a pan-seared um, uh, fish. But what I'm going to do is add on like little pieces of fish and then put a different flavor on the sauce, mm. you know, on top. So I could do it a little bit different. And, and everybody's palate taste is different. Right. But when they taste it, it's yeah. not... You can tell it's not frozen. It's all fresh. Right, for sure. So that's what I'm about is that. So I will be introducing yeah. some more new things. Right. Um, I'm glad to hear you say that, no, you don't put hummus on your menu. <laughs> 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 and, 
my the thing I was trying to get to is because there are some restaurants that like you know uh, and that I've seen where they do something completely different off menu off concept that they put on now it is a little there's the one exception I've seen that did it well and that was during quarantine and Kasai Ramen did Mm -hmm. like a week of like Philly cheesesteak sure because Kyle's from Philly and you know nice yeah and that worked really Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. um but I'm glad to hear that it's not like, oh, no, I'm going to put this no. Mediterranean dish or no. something like that. Because we menu. eat a lot of olives in Mexico as well. Right. So, like, one of my fish dinners that I've had before would be with, like, a nice red sauce on top of a piece of fish broiled, or you could have it fried. It's all gluten-free. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say fried. Yeah. You know, um, a crispier fish, mm-hmm. I would say, with this beautiful red topping with olives on top and side potatoes mm-hmm. that are cut very... It's a very beautiful Mexican dish. Yeah. Little hint of pepper. Mm-hmm. Not a lot. A little hint. Yeah. You know, so that's important. Do you have a favorite item on your menu? I like the Critter Tinga. Oh, yeah. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> what were the, do you remember the tacos that I had? Yes. You came in, you said, oh, I need three tacos. <laughs> and I just whipped them up together very fast and yeah. said, here you go. So I gave you the Austin and Gerald's Crunchy Taco. Mm-hmm. And I gave you, and those were just given to you. I didn't do anything special. (laughs) And then I gave you um, actually the steak and peppers and onions Mm -hmm. and with pico. Not pico. I think I did cilantro and onion. And then the other one was like the tinga. Yeah. And you enjoyed those. Yeah. I mean, it was two years ago. We didn't do anything this year because of COVID. Uh, I think we actually on Cinco de Mayo this year, we had uh, an Italian food or pizza anyways uh um but yeah two years ago i did the best taco that i thought in the area and there was i mean i decided to do it like three weeks before cinco de mayo i ate like 90 tacos in those three weeks it was ridiculous um but you know carmelita's one you were the best taco so excited that was great because you were the like one of the only ones in the area that did not put some southwest like right. sour cream or like some heavy nope. sauce nope. on top of the taco. Very simple. Right. Very simple. And like I said, I just made those little tortillas the other day and did a, yeah. did that um, for some customers. I just made a quick, simple dish. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what it's about. It's a simplicity. Right. You don't have to have anything complicated. Yeah. And that's what I tell my, su- my staff, my cooking staff. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be complicated. Right. It just has to be good. Yeah. Exactly. And it's not for everybody. Everybody's different. Some yeah. like you, some don't. And it's okay. That's what life is all about. Right. And not to mention you have the best chips Thank anywhere you. Uh, because you make your own tortillas yes. and then make your yep. own chips. And it's a lot of work. And that's why I need somebody to come in and help <laughs> me because <laughs> it's starting to be too much yeah. now, that's which good. is good, right? Yeah. It's a good thing. We're, we're going to come. Uh, Rebecca's friend, I don't think she's been there before maybe or... Maybe she has and she loves it. I forget which it is. Anyways, Good. we're going to come either later this week or next week. Perfect. So, yeah. Perfect. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming down no, today. I appreciate it. Uh, so where can people find you? Where are you located and online or Facebook? So Facebook and at carmelitas.co for our website. And you can also reach us at 6195 State Route 31, Cicero. So you Coming from Syracuse, it's a 20-minute drive. Take a right, and you're liter- we're literally, I think, a mile on your left-hand side. Super easy. Awesome. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, Appreciate thank you. it. Bye-bye. Thank you. 
Well, there it is, everybody. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. It really means a lot. I love doing this. I'd say when it comes to everything we do here at Eat Local New York, my favorite thing is the podcast. It is. I said it. Do me a huge favor. Hit that subscribe button, whatever platform you're listening to this on. Don't forget, we have a YouTube channel where we post the videos of every single podcast in their entirety. You can go find us on YouTube at Eat Local New York State. You can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. We're on others, but we don't really use them. And uh, yeah, hit the subscribe for the podcast. Don't forget, leave us a review. Let me know what you think of the Eat Local New York podcast. It means a lot in the podcasting world to get those reviews. So leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to catch you at the next week's episode of the local New York podcast. To be lonesome Spend most of my days Having no one Dreaming you were out there Shining So hoping that they find someone Baby, I hope I find you Baby, I hope it'll find